Kevin L. McCrudden is the only motivational and leadership speaker in America to ever have a day of recognition passed by the United States Congress. January 2nd of every year is National Motivation and Inspiration Day. Kevin is an international author, speaker, and America's CMO, Chief Motivation Officer. Join us now for an hour to motivate and inspire your life. Welcome back to another week of Motivate America with Kevin McCrudden. This is Kevin McCrudden, Mr. Motivation and America's CMO, Chief Motivation Officer, thanking you for joining us another week. Uh, I hope you've all been well and taking care of yourselves, uh, enjoying the uh, essentially the, the end of uh, Indian summer in the Northeast um, and certainly cooler weather down south. Uh, our prayers go out uh, to those in, in Florida and the southeast uh, quadrant of America um, hopefully, uh, you know, have gotten um, through uh, Hurricane Michael that uh, caused so much damage and, and obviously was just so fast and so powerful. Um, you know, our thoughts and prayers are, are with you and your families. Um, you know, for, for all of you that follow me on Facebook, um, you know that uh, I've been very busy over the past several months, uh, lots of travel, lots of different experiences, working with uh, several great organizations. Um, both on the East Coast and the West Coast, so uh, having lots of fun speaking to lots of people and, uh, and really, uh, really enjoying uh, motivating and inspiring people and helping uh, small business owners and, and, uh, and executives with their businesses and business decisions. Um, two weeks ago, I was uh, on the West Coast, and I had the pleasure of uh, experiencing something that I haven't experienced before. Um, I've, uh, I fell in love with a car uh, about five, six years ago uh, that was created by uh, the Fisker Automotive. Uh, the car was called Karma. And, uh, and it kind of disappeared, and then it came to a rebirth. And I found the location of uh, the uh, Karma organization uh, in Southern California, Newport area in Irvine, reached out to a lot of people. And uh, believe it or not, I was, I was given the opportunity to actually take the Karma for a test drive. And uh, we have uh, their, their chief revenue officer and marketing officer uh, with us, Jim Taylor, in a few minutes. But I'll tell you, folks, it was literally, I, I, I swear to God, I think I was driving the Batmobile. It was spectacular. What an amazing experience. Uh, it is a, a solar and electric car. It's a hybrid uh, we'll talk about the technology, but I'll tell you, it was such a tremendous experience. Uh, if you recognize the name Jim Taylor, there is a Jim Taylor that has been in the news this week. Uh, unfortunately, though, it's the, it's the passing of the great running back, the great uh, Green, uh, Green Bay Packer running back, uh, Jim Taylor. Um, uh, Jim Taylor that is joining us tonight is not that Jim Taylor. Uh, but Jim is the uh, chief revenue officer at Karma uh, Karma Automotive. Uh, Jim, can you hear me? Are you with us? I can, Kevin. Hey, Jim. Thank you so very much for uh, for joining us tonight. Um, first and foremost, once again, thank you very much for really one of the most uh, exciting experiences of my life. Being able to drive that car was really uh, a pleasure. It was just an amazing, amazing vehicle. I'm glad that you had a chance to experience, and really that's uh, 
almost like the punchline of uh, our whole challenge right now is to get the car uh, both in front of and also in the hands of uh, people like you because uh, despite its launch and the uh, you know brief uh, actually quite large success in the market and then it's uh, sort of uh, dormant for a while and then our uh, return um, to be honest it's it's uh, still a pretty good uh, kept secret that we're back and uh, that this car exists and that it's so nice well, listen, I hate to tell you, bud, but I am. my ambition is to break the secret because, <laughs> and, and nothing against anybody, and, and I know you and I have not talked about this, but I've, I've mentioned it. Look, I'm seeing all these Teslas on the road. They are ugly. And this thing, the Karma, is, I don't know if it's a cross between, like, a Jaguar and an Aston Martin and a Corvette. Like, I don't know what the crossbreed is, but, Jim, it is, it is spectacular spectacular to look at it is a gorgeous gorgeous vehicle and anyone that is in southern california hearing this please reach out to karma automotive and go down to irvine or down to newport beach uh get your get yourself in the car and i almost guarantee you you get in the car you have that experience i I swear you're you're going to be like right i got to buy this car because it is spectacular it really is jim talk a little bit about about the history of the karma right so i so I know that uh, Heinrich Visker was involved with the creation of the car, and then there was a, a challenge of you know the the business side, and then the Karma came out as Karma Automotive, a separate company, and now yeah. is essentially relaunching. Yeah, the, the brief history is, um, and for your listeners, Henrik was a uh, you know iconic world renowned uh, designer and that uh, had several vehicles in his uh, past portfolio at other companies that he had worked for uh, BMW and Aston Martin and so he certainly knew how to pen a car and uh, had the chance like a lot of entrepreneurs to go out on his own uh, join another partner Barney Kohler and establish a company and really as a designer's kind of dream is to be able to design a car that uh, you get to build and if you've been involved in other you know, large automotive entities, you as a designer can de- design many nice cars, but not very many of them make it to production. So in this case, Sender got to take his dream uh, all the way to production. And as you said, it, it really has a unique, and uh, the real answer is proportion. And, and you're right, if you think of Jag, Aston, Corvette, those are all characterized by um, a set of proportions, very low, wide, big hips, long, what we call uh, dashed axles, so the very front of the windshield out to the front wheels, once you put that uh, kind of magic formula in place, that is, in, in essence, why Jags, Astons, Corvettes uh, do have their unique appearance. But then he added these, uh, you know, swooping shapes to it. It created a very unique profile. And uh, and it's still today, as you said, uh, wherever you go, it's uh, immediately either recognized um, for then um, or, more importantly, this, um, wow, incredible. I can't believe it. I've never seen anything yeah. like this. So the comments yeah. we get. Um, despite being, I wouldn't call it quote-unquote old, but a, a design that's been around, uh, most people see it for the first time and say, this must be new. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, no, it is breathtaking. And, and I, I truly, and we'll talk a little bit about the technology of it, Jim, is that, I mean, I truly felt like, so there's a scene in one of the Batman movies when um, when he gets into his, his Batmobile and he begins to accelerate and, and you don't hear the loud roar of an engine that has all this power like you would out of a car in the 60s or 70s. But this thing just gently sort of, it just oozes. It's just like it whirs. It's just like a little whir and just picks up 
Jim, I never got the car over 60. I just want you to know. <laughs> okay. But it just, it just, it word and the way it just picks up the speed, it's unbelievable. So talk a little bit about the technology. Right. The, the roof has solar panels. So it actually has a solar component to it. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, have an expression powered by electricity, light, and fuel. So really mm-hmm. four sources. If you think of the uh, brakes being able to regenerate electricity as well, but yeah, it's very unique. There are no other vehicles that have a solar roof that actually, while it's uh, static and even running, uh, takes energy from the sun and puts that through the, both the batteries and uh, helps either offset the load while you're driving or while it's, uh, sitting in the sun, it's charging. But the main source of electricity is, is a, ben- a battery that's uh, mounted in the center of the vehicle. And uh, the first 50 miles are on electric and the statistics that uh, everybody, Nissan, GM, everybody publishes is the average driver is probably driving 35 to 38 miles a day. So something under 50 like uh, we have is adequate that you could spend really most of your uh, sort of daily commutes and, and most of your driving time always on electricity. In our particular case, unlike Tesla, should it go over 50 miles and uh, call it a backup? And uh, this is a little confusing, Kevin, so let me take a second to explain it. And I get this every... Every weekend when I'm uh, explaining the technology, the word hybrid, you know, has been used and actually not abused, but overused to, to uh, describe a lot of different vehicles. And so um, in our particular case, it is a quote unquote hybrid. But what the definition in, uh, in the uh, Karma case is that the rear wheels are always running on electricity. So really, we call it an electric vehicle. When the central battery runs out of electricity, It switches to a gas generator underneath the hood. The generator produces electricity, charges the battery, and runs the wheels. So there's never an occurrence where the gas is actually powering the wheels. That's another kind of uh, hybrid where you get a little bit short range, and then the gas just takes over, and it's a conventional vehicle. So that's why we call it extended range electric vehicles, because you're extending the range beyond the battery. So maybe a little bit too much information, but I wanted to clarify in our case what the definition of hybrid was. No, and I think, Jim, it's important because there are a lot of people that are obviously looking at electric hybrid cars. It's important to them, uh, the green, um, you know, movement and, and trying to have clean air. Uh, so obviously it's movement for those that are techno or people that really are avid about cars. I mean, it is important for them to differentiate or understand why it is different. Um, let's talk a little bit uh, about so, – go ahead, keep going. I'm sorry, Kevin. I just and, and just to come back to Tesla, there's uh, two primary differentiators. You can say the the visual um, is you know judgment and beauty's an eye of the beholder. So I'll leave that uh, to your comment, as you said before. But this is a the uh, technical is an important differentiator because uh, as you know, Tesla is all electric, and as long as you're close to your charging stations or you plan your trips um, to be charged along your trips, or of course charge at home at night, then they have quite a long range now. But there is a big differentiation here where all of a sudden you're sitting here in Newport Beach and decide to think I'm going to go to L.A. tonight, and you're looking, oh, man, I don't have much charge. You know, there's no issue because you have the, the uh, gas as your backup um, source of electricity, and I've uh, heard that numerous times that despite all of the uh, Teslas on the road, people are getting much more comfortable with that technology. There's still quite a few people that are, are reluctant to find that, you know, one occurrence or 10% of the time where they don't really want to be in a situation where they're uh, out, quote-unquote, of electricity, and then have to compromise themselves some way, especially luxury customers that uh, are able to afford a vehicle up in this price point really don't want any inconveniences. 
Of course not. And and I think that is interesting to, to differentiate because I, I think what's interesting for most Americans at this point is unless you live in the cities where you have, you know, uh, um, buses and subways and stuff. I mean, most Americans just want to go out in the, in the parking lot or in the driveway and go hop in the car and drive. Like they just want to go where they want to go. So you are right for them to actually have to think about, oh, do I have enough of a charge? And then where are their charging stations? It isn't like gas stations have, have you know, uh, it, you know, embrace this idea of electric uh, hookups at every single gas station. Uh, I don't know if that'll happen eventually, but uh, you're right. And and obviously, the the Karma does have a traditional electric hookup. So you 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 hook it up, and how long does it take to uh, to charge to the 50 miles? Right. Yeah. Let me uh, expand on that. There's really three different power levels. Again, could be a bit uh, too much, but if you just pull into your normal garage and put your normal 110 plug in it, that'd be about 10 hours. So basically, for me, just overnight, I come in at home, go in for dinner, plug it in. We get out in the morning to leave for work. It's full. The next level up, think of like your dryer. You know, that's a 220 plug. If you put one of those in your garage, then it's reduced to kind of like three and a half hours. And then if you uh, come up to the uh, stations that are around the area, the country, the cities, uh, you can also plug into a much higher one, and it can be 20 minutes. So really three different levels of charging. Okay. But it would make sense, obviously, if you have one at your home, the 220 outlet like you have for your dryer. Right. It's just, you yeah, know, exactly. three hours, you're back, you're back fully charged. But once again, you have the 250-mile range with the, the, gas, uh, the gas motor or the gas a generator that's uh, that's helping uh, generate electricity for the car. Right. Tim, let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, oh, and by the way, folks, and, and I, Jim, I know this is just another sort of amazing sort of thing. I do have a couple of pictures, and I have a picture of the inside of the car, uh, sort of a glow with a yellow light. And so now I've compared it to the Batmobile, and now I'm going to compare it to the uh, DeLorean that was in Back to the Future because. It has a lux capacitor in the center that actually glows in the inside of the car, which is also <laughs> really very cool. Those are those are two very cool things that you have in the car. Um, if I want to, hey, Kevin, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll go back. One of the other expressions I've heard when you're talking about the Batmobile, and as your you know listeners are trying to uh, kind of feel the emotion that you're describing there with, uh, you had some good words there with oozes or whirs. Um, I haven't used those before, but I'm going to add those to my vocabulary. But one of the uh, reactions... Yeah, they're not very technical, are they, Jim? (laughs) (laughs) But what I hear quite a bit is is a magic carpet ride, which is sort of spontaneous as people come back because of that same thing. It's so quiet. And, uh, you know, let's be honest, other than Tesla owners, not very many people have ever experienced an electric vehicle. So when they get in and they're expecting, you know, maybe, as you said, the Aston Martin, Maserati, big, big uh, V8s, V10s, and right. all of the normal uh, gas expression, and especially the gears, because see, it's only one really gear. So you're just uh, going all the way up in this glide path as opposed to uh, the normal dun 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 that you feel in a gas car. So that's another one I've heard is uh, magic carpet ride. You know what? I should have been playing that while I was driving it down PC one uh, <laughs> down Pacific Coast Highway. That would have been perfect, man. Perfect. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to come. I'm gonna have to come back out and do it again, Jim. Okay. So anyway, so and and now let's talk about uh, distribution models uh, across the country. What are some of your goals? What are some of the things that you're doing? Um, I, I know that I just missed you out in uh, Stag Harbor, out in the Hamptons. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how I missed you. You're right out my back door, but I missed you there. 
I know you've been all over the com- uh, country. I know you have orders coming in all over the place. What is the best way for people that are listening that would be interested to find out more about the Karma? What's the best process for them? And, and where do you have distributors at this point around the country? Yes, thanks. Well, the easiest is um, at the beginning we said just karmaautomotive.com. And on our website, there's a dealer locator um, tab there that you can hit. There's uh, you know, another one, uh, more information. There's plenty of locations that you'll find quite easily to, to direct you to um, display the different dealer options. In our case, uh, Kevin, unlike a lot of startup, um, certainly electric vehicle or even uh, automotive companies that are really driven to quickly create you know, high sales and, and returns on the investment, we've been very fortunate with our ownership to be quite patient and understand the play up in this space to be at this level of luxury brands it takes a lot of patience and brand building is a slow process. And so, again, very fortunately, we don't have uh, sort of inordinate amount of pressure to create the unrealistic sales goals. So we started with quite a small footprint, just 10 dealers around the country, three in Canada. Um, we're up to 15 now, but we're you know just slowly adding cities and points to make sure that we're doing it at a controlled rate. And uh, most important, it's cliche, everybody says it, but that we're able to take care of the customers. We have a very almost private one-on-one uh, level of engagement with our customers from here, from our headquarters mm-hmm. in Irvine and Newport Beach, where we reach out to each and every one of them and establish uh, relationships. So if people do have issues, it's not 1-800 someplace. It's right at my office. And uh, we're treating all of them with that sort of personal care. So we've on a slow growth. We think we'll probably be around 20 dealerships um, come the end of the um, first quarter of next year and growing probably in a couple of years up to 30, um, something in that air- neighborhood where kind of Aston Martin is. Well, listen, I'm, I'm hoping to help deliver two dealers uh, in my two homes, one over in, uh, one in the Hamptons and one in Scottsdale. So uh, I definitely want to see dealerships in both those places because they make a, a lot of sense. Maybe um, you should have a dealership. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, brother, I am going to be your chief sales officer, right? I'm just going <laughs> to keep on driving sales, pal. You hear me? I'll be That's your number good. one salesman. Perfect. All right, let's take a, let's take a quick break. Folks, uh, Jim Taylor from Karma will be right back. This show is sponsored by Nightingale Conant, Get Motivated Seminars, and Karma Automotive. Thank you. Hello, folks, and welcome back. This is Kevin McCrudden, Chief Motivation Officer, and uh, I'm I'm, uh, joined by Jim Taylor, uh, the Chief Revenue Officer of Karma Automotive. Uh, Jim, I think one of the things that I find fascinating, obviously, is the movement towards uh, electric cars and, and hybrid cars. And there there is a significant investment associated with it. Um, certainly, a lot of the, uh, the the main brands have their, their hybrid cars. Um, and there was a little bit of, a, I think, a discrepancy for a little while at how they uh, had priced them out and the expense associated with getting a hybrid car. Um, and now you guys in Tesla, you know, obviously, I think at the top of the line, you're, you're similarly priced. Um, but Tesla is trying to create some other models uh, that are, that are, um, I guess, uh, more affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see, where do you see the, the movement of electric cars or, quote, hybrid cars? Uh, where do you see that going? Yeah. Well, I think the, uh, you can just tell it's all public information by the, the announcements of all the OEMs that uh, kind of feel like there's a tidal wave, tidal wave out there kind of coming this way. 
And a lot of that's just enabled uh, with a simple sort of technology adoption path that two years ago, the batteries were quite expensive, the software was complicated, and uh, so as you just said, the premium over a normal vehicle, if you took uh, identical vehicle, say, to the Chevy Volt or identical vehicle to the Nissan Leaf and said, with and without electricity, you know, how much premium am I paying for those cars? And down at those kind of price points, you know, that premium is real money. You get back up into uh, Tesla and the, you know, 100 to 120,000, and that price point is not as uh, price sensitive. Uh, but still, arguably, if you park a Tesla next to a you know five series and say, what's the premium you're paying for the brand and electricity? It was still there. Um, in our case, uh, where we're positioned as well, if you think of call it electric, um, you know, Aston Martin or electric Maserati, there really is no uh, premium cost. We're almost identical, but a lot of that's been enabled by, as I said, the the price of batteries going down and sheer scale. You know, it's a little bit of a catch-22. The more there are, the more suppliers are able to reduce their prices. The more they reduce the prices, the more we sell. The more we sell, the more the suppliers get business. So it's a natural uh, adoption model. Also, you have to look at this as a complete global industry, to be honest. Uh, the China market, uh, China government, China customers are taking electric on a lot more seriously, a lot more quickly than um, and Europeans are based on you know price of gas, but also a seriousness around uh, emissions and air quality, and then and in the U.S. So anybody involved in this business, both OEMs and suppliers, are really you have to look at that uh, scale opportunity that's going on right now and, and the cost reductions on a overall global market, not just here in the U.S. Very good. And now uh, a little bit of the um, corporate background, Jim. Uh, so your chief revenue officer talk a little bit about ownership. Uh, is there is there you know um, a movement towards you know going public? Is it going to be traded? Is it uh, mm-hmm. it, will it remain private? Uh, talk a little bit about the the company itself, um, because yeah, I know some of my listeners would probably want to know, you know, how how can they get in? How could they invest? Mm-hmm. You know, those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, there's been uh, lots of IPO activity lately with Aston going out in the market, and there's been other, some other uh, startup electric uh, vehicle companies that have uh, come out on the markets. At this point in time, uh, we don't have a immediate, let's say, um, IPO plan as the others have. We've been, as I said earlier, very fortunate that we have a single owner. When the actual uh, Fisker went up for purchase and for auction way back in 2014, it was a a company that is uh, primarily based in China but has a large operation here in the United States as well. It's called Wangsheng, and uh, they were the ones that bought us out of auction and, you know, so far wanted it to remain private and wanted to fund it uh, uh, to till it gets to a point where they uh, you know sort of choose to go to the markets and look for some extra capital, it'll uh, certainly happen someday because this is a super capital intensive business. But at least in the short term, um, we're just looking for more technical partnerships and uh, and uh, you know I think uh, distribution partners, other aspects uh, coming in as opposed to you know just cash. I wanted to mention uh, too, Kevin, um, as part of this. Uh, Overall play, and one question you didn't ask yet, but I want to jump in given the kind of title of your show and uh, put a little plug in as well. At this point in time, if you think of how many vehicle manufacturers, you know, make $150,000 cars, and uh, really there aren't any. So I think what's been great about what uh, Wang Sheng did and our opportunity to grow this company in both California and the United States is it's bringing a vehicle to the market that uh, none of the other U.S. manufacturers uh, have anything at this level, but again, we think of very low volume niche products, very unique, very customized. Again, I just keep coming back to the same uh, brands with Aston, Bentley, 
uh, Maserati, you know, even at the higher points, McLaren and Ferrari. That's an entire industry that grew up and still remains in Europe and really hasn't existed here. So the opportunity to grow Karma here in the U.S. is establishing uh, for us, I think, a, a unique manufacturing base. We built a brand new plant here in California to make vehicles at extremely low volume and highly customized. That's unique to the country. Jobs, of course, um, but also uh, the electric vehicle technology that we're developing here, too. So this is all good for uh, California and for the United States. Jim, I think that's, that's brilliant because it is. I think it's important to clarify. So this is an American-built vehicle. So it's being built and it, it was designed in America and being built in Irvine. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, the first company, if you go back to the Fisker time, the uh, vehicles were actually made in Europe. And uh, one of the first challenges in 2014 was literally to, quote-unquote, dismantle the equipment over in the plant. It was in Finland and uh, bring it over here. We acquired a, a, a property that's about an hour from our location here in Irvine, inland, uh, just by Riverside, and then rebuilt all the equipment, all the process, uh, brand-new paint shops. So we have our own standalone plant here just an hour from the office. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So once again, for, for my, you know, and I think, and thank you so much for making that point, is, you know, there are movements towards green, there's movements towards clean air, there's movements towards made in America. So, I mean, you, you are capturing all of those and you don't look like an egg, you don't look like a, you know, whatever it might look like. You look like one of the coolest cars on the road, if not the most beautiful car on the road. That's what I refer to it as the most beautiful car on the road. Um, Jim, once again, so just in, in closing moments here, uh, we'll, I'll let you go. I know you're very busy. And, and once again, thank you so very much for you know, the generosity of, of your time and, and allowing me to, to kind of uh, you know, cling on here and, and jump into the bandwagon of the company. Um, any, any final thoughts? Or, so once again, Carmel Automotive is, you know, CarmelAutomotive.com is the best avenue for people to find out more about the vehicle uh, as well as distribution, contacting the right people. Um, if they're interested on a corporate level, reaching out to you through the website, uh, everything's there for them to do. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I good. think, um, I think it's an exciting future. Uh, Kevin, I'm so glad that you had a chance to, to personally experience it and not just on the sort of mechanical level, but I'm sure as you had the vehicle, it, uh, definitely attracts attention. This, uh, this car isn't for people that want to, you know, kind of drive stealth and not be noticed. So. Some of the pleasure, of course, is in the unique experience of driving it and uh, the unique electric vehicle powertrain. As you said, the other part is, uh, especially in an area like L.A. or Orange County, where people have uh, all kinds of really beautiful and expensive and nice cars, it's amazing how much attention this uh, car gets as you drive down PCH or, in addition to take it to one of the nice restaurants or hotels, it's uh, inevitably parked out front and uh, people are gathered taking pictures, so... It's pretty well, unique in the auto industry to have that kind of experience. Yeah, that's and and I I I do hate to tell you this, but that's exactly what happened the night that I had it. I took it to an event, and I did get lots of questions, lots of people, very pretty people, <laughs> thank you, uh, coming <laughs> over and wanting to talk about it. But uh, I did park next to three Bentleys, and and there was no one talking about the Bentleys. Uh, <laughs> there were a, at least a handful of people that wanted to know about. Uh, the karma, and I was I was glad to share the experience and uh, and talk about how how amazing it was. Jim, any uh, any final thoughts? Any final information uh, that you'd like to share with our audience? No, I appreciate the opportunity and all of the you know the, the positive encouragement. And uh, I think offline, I'll have to talk. We may need a little bit of your motivational juice uh, down here. I tell you, it's making a uh, 
any uh, new car company, company, plenty of entrepreneurs who are listening probably know that, uh, but also a new car company is not for the faint of heart. So it's been, uh, to be honest, kind of uh, a high challenge to get this up and going and out the door, but we're uh, really proud of the, the uh, people we have. We were almost up to well, pretty close to a 1,000 people, but getting a, a car back on the road was not for the faint of heart, and uh, we're pretty proud of that accomplishment. And now we're turning around to go uh, the next generation of vehicles and um, new products that have to come out to fill the rest of our portfolio. So no dull moments here. Well, that sounds great, Jim. And you know what? I, I'm I'm starting the uh, the fan club. You know that I'm I'm a huge fan, and uh, and I will certainly contribute in any way that I can, uh, and gladly will come down and do something with your staff uh, down in Irvine if you'd like. But um, uh, we'll stay in touch. And certainly, as you come out with new new products and a new product line uh, and new information, I, I hope that you'll uh, you'll come back and join us on the show. Excellent. I sure will. Thanks for the invitation, right, man. Jim. God bless. Thank you so very much for joining us. Have a great night. All right. All right, take care. Folks, Thanks, we'll Kevin. be back in a minute. This is Kevin McCrudden, Chief Motivation Officer, and uh, we'll be back uh, after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Nightingale Conant, Get Motivated Seminars, and Karma Automotive. Thank you. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Motivate America with Kevin McCrudden. This is Kevin McCrudden, Mr. Motivation, and America's Chief Motivation Officer. So what a great story of uh, this brand of Karma Automotive. Um, I've put some pictures out there. Uh, you just, you know, you just won't believe how pretty it is. It, it's just a beautiful vehicle. The technology behind it is obviously brilliant. And um, one of the things that I should have asked, there was a, a mode uh, associated with driving and, and Jim had referred to it. Uh, it was a regen mode. So it regenerated energy. And uh, I have a video of, of talking to a, a young salesman that was uh, giving me the, the once around the car before I took it. And he talked about this regen mode so that when you go down hills uh, or you take your foot off the gas, the car actually, it, it's almost like kinetic energy being put back into the battery. So it actually regenerates energy and puts it back into the battery when you brake or when you take your foot off the gas. Really uh, sort of extraordinary technology that uh, I really, truly enjoyed. I'm a huge fan of the product, um, and uh, I encourage you all just to, to go out and find out more about it. I think, the, the, for me, the Motivate America piece, right, the, the entrepreneurial piece, as Jim was referring to, um, is not for the faint of heart. The idea of being an entrepreneur in America um, is very challenging. Um, I have a handful of entrepreneurs that I work with, um, individual business owners that have a great deal of stress. Uh, there's a lot of stress and pressure to perform. And when you think about that journey of dreaming of something, in this case, dreaming of a vehicle, and uh, as Jim pointed out, there's a lot of vehicles that are drawn up that there's models made and then they never actually follow through to make them. And in this case, uh, the karma was not only dreamt of and created by a master designer, a master engineer, uh, and someone with a, a, a long history of um, creative genius, um, but they, they launched it and got it going. They had challenges and obviously now it's been rebirthed 
And, uh, and I want to do everything I can to, to get it off the ground because it's great for competition, right? So Tesla should have competition. But this is a, an extraordinarily unique product. But being an entrepreneur um, is very challenging. And uh, I've done some mentorship of some uh, young entrepreneurs. And, and now at colleges, they have uh, entrepreneur programs and teaching people how to be entrepreneurs. Um, listen, it's not for the faint of heart. And, and I've watched uh, a number of people that um, I've dealt with and coached um, really sort of take it on the chin a little bit. Uh, when things get tough, uh, collecting money, uh, finding clients, finding funding, um, uh, there, there are challenges with not making time to exercise. There's challenges with not making time to be with your family. There are challenges with not making time for faith or, or church. Um, and there's too much uh, consumption of food and alcohol. Uh, when, you, when you mix those things together, it is a bad combination. Um, you just have increased stress, increased anxiety. And on top of that, you're not taking care of yourself. Uh, I've won a 46-year-old client that um, had a heart attack. Um, it gained uh, a good uh, 30 to 40 pounds, um, had not been working out, had not been exercising, uh, was away on a job and um, felt some severe chest pains, um, worked through them, as many men do. They, they ignore them. Uh, continued to work uh, through them, thought that if he took a nice hot shower, um, it would stop. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. And um, he had a full, full-blown um, cardiac arrest uh, and almost died. Essentially, he did die before he got to the hospital. Uh, they resuscitated him. I think when, when we think about entrepreneurship in America, you know, everyone thinks like that's that's great. It's awesome. It's cool. Listen, there's a lot of challenges with entrepreneurship, and you have to truly believe in the product. But it also has to have uh, some sort of backing. You have to understand it. You have to have a good business plan in place. You have to have funding in place. If you don't have funding and you don't have a business plan, you know, essentially, if you don't plan, you know, if you don't plan, you plan to fail, right? Uh, there's a bunch of sayings about that, but I think the idea about entrepreneurship is I think it, it's starting to get glamorized a bit um, in the in this gig economy. People think it's great to have a few gigs, but when when you're dependent upon a certain income in order to live your life, and uh, that income number or level becomes harder and harder to achieve, uh, the stress associated with that becomes very very difficult. We'll talk a little bit about how to manage that, how to plan for it, how to strategize. Um, but one of the things I've talked about in prior shows is the idea that uh, the, the golden goose of America um, really is the um, small business owner. It is the entrepreneur. It is the person that has created a business, the pizza shops, the burger places, the, the nail places, the hair salons. Every single single strip mall that you drive by, um, all of those business owners are are what is essentially the golden goose of America, because 
each of those businesses tend to have five to 10 employees. And those employees are feeding their families on those jobs. And I, I think it's undervalued. And 85% to 80% of all businesses in America are actually small businesses. They have less than, I think it's 10 or 15 employees. So when you think about entrepreneurship and you think about business owners in America, those folks that are in our communities that have small businesses that are working there five, six, seven days a week, 12, 14, 16 hour days, I mean, it may seem sexy and it may seem great that you have your own business, but boy, there are significant challenges uh, associated with entrepreneurship in America. And, um, you know, I, I certainly praise those that, uh, that have done it well. Um, I certainly have a number of clients that have been, you know, very successful. Uh, when we talk about, quote unquote, sort of motivation and motivating and inspiring people, you know, one of the, uh, there's a bunch of things out there from a bunch of speakers, but the idea is that you'll never get rich or wealthy working for somebody else. I don't know if that is necessarily true, but there are a lot of people in America that have become fairly successful with very nice lifestyles, with very nice livings that have been able to provide for families um, that are part of big box retailers, big box businesses, large uh, multinational corporations, and they're not entrepreneurs. They don't have to sweat uh, paycheck to paycheck like entrepreneurs do. And, and not that I want to talk people out of being entrepreneurs, but I, I really do think that uh, for a number of young people that I've spoken to, I ask them to try and have a really realistic view of what it is to be an entrepreneur, because it, it isn't, uh, while it may seem sexy, um, you know, when, you, when you're working, uh, you know, 15, 16, 18 hour days uh, and barely getting paid, uh, sometimes you scratch your head and say, hmm why am I doing this? Why don't I take a job somewhere else? And there's a number of uh, entrepreneurs and people out there that actually do. They work two jobs. They actually have a full-time job and they do their job on the side. So, um, you know, my applause for all of you folks out there that are small business owners that break your butt to, uh, to employ other people, uh, to, to drive, to make your businesses successful and to generate revenue and, what I really see them as is uh, contributors to our local economy. You know, our small businesses are, are really the, the generating force of our local economies because as people go to those small businesses, what they're not, when they're not realizing is that they're helping support four or five or 10 families in the community so that those people have money that they can spend at other places, at grocery stores, at other stores for services. So, uh, so I applaud the uh, the small business owners and entrepreneurs out there. Um, we'll come back up on uh, 5:45 here in a sec. Let's take another uh, quick break, and uh, we're going to close up. Have a couple of uh, great events coming up, and uh, would like to talk to you a little bit about those. So, uh, we'll be back in a second. This show is sponsored by Nightingale Conant. Get motivated seminars and Karma Automotive. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Motivate America with Kevin McCrudden. This is Kevin McCrudden, America's Chief Motivation Officer, CMO, and uh, had a great uh, conversation with Jim Taylor, who is the Chief Revenue Officer for Karma Automotive. Talked a little bit about um, 
you know, entrepreneurship and some of the uh, glorification and, and hopefully, uh, you know, haven't uh, soured uh, too many views on it. The idea that, you know, it is, it is certainly challenging to be an entrepreneur in America, but, you know, obviously there's people, millions of people that do it well and do it successfully. Um, we have a couple of programs coming up uh, in the near future that I'd like to share with you. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a friend of mine, uh, Brian Forte, uh, on the show, and, and Brian is uh, the president and founder of Get Motivated Seminars. And uh, Get Motivated Seminars have been uh, wildly successful all around the country for years. And, you know, it's really sort of my thing, um, you know, that I just, I, I agree with Brian 100% and love what he does, the idea of getting motivated. So Motivate America uh, is sort of like in lockstep with Get Motivated Seminars in the sense that it's all about motivating and inspiring people to be their very best, to do their very best. And I think, you know, it's Sunday evening. I love doing this show on Sunday evening because it becomes, look, every Sunday, if we really think about the week ahead of us, what is the most important thing that we can do? And it is sort of a rhetorical question. What is the most important thing that we can do every single day for the rest of the week? And it really is that instant that we open our eyes, the instant that we become conscious when we wake up in the morning. What are the first thoughts that we have? And if every day we can have positive, life-affirming, powerful thoughts of being thankful to God for what we have, to be thankful for all of the skills and abilities that we've been given in order to achieve, in order to take care of our families, for those of us that have someone that's, that's next to us, to be thankful for the person that's next to us, sharing our life with us, our children in our homes, being thankful for those things, right? So having an attitude of gratitude, the very first thing that we do in the morning is being positive and uplifted and spiritually uh, enriching rather than being defeatist or being cynical or, oh, crap, another day, or crap, I got to get up. But having positive, reaffirming thoughts, very first thing when you wake up. And along those lines of being motivated and getting motivated, there are a lot of people out there that need help. They need help being pushed, being motivated, being inspired to be motivated on their own. And for those of you that have listened to me for years, I differentiate between what being motivated is and what being inspired is. Being inspired is that thing that lights the match inside of you. It's the thing that gets you going. It ignites the flame. That's what inspiration is. When you see someone that inspires you, when you read something that inspires you, when you feel something that inspires you, that's the thing to captivate and say, that's that energy. That's that spark that I want. That's the energy that I need in order to be motivated every day to get up energized, to get up focused on what we want to achieve, to be focused on our very best selves, to be the best person that I can be every single day. That's what our challenge is for either Motivate America or Get Motivated. So Brian has been tremendously successful in creating these Get Motivated seminars all over the country. And he's coming up on his last two for this year. There is one in uh, Las Vegas in um, October. Uh, I believe it's uh, October 
24th or 28th. And then the last one of the year is November 28th in Arizona. So for any of my friends or folks that are listening to me in the Arizona market, I would like you to send me a private message and you can send it to Kevin at MotivateAmerica.us. Kevin at MotivateAmerica.us. And if you are interested in going to the Get Motivated Seminar in Phoenix, Arizona, and you would like a little bit of a special rate, a little bit of a discount, a significant discount that my, my friend Brian has given me, please feel free to send me a note to Kevin at MotivateAmerica.us and ask uh, for the discount on the Get Motivated Seminars uh, in Phoenix, uh, the last one of the year this year. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, being there, uh, uh, Gary Vanderchuk and uh, Tony Robbins and Brian, and there's a couple of other speakers, uh, just a tremendous event. I'll have more about that in future shows, but uh, I look forward to uh, helping people attend that um, and helping you with a little bit of a discount to make it a little bit more affordable for you to get to those shows, to get motivated, to get excited, to get excited about your life and what it is that you are trying to achieve. So uh, please feel free to send me a note to Kevin at MotivateAmerica.us to get a discount for the uh, Get Motivated show in Phoenix, Arizona on November 28th. Now, uh, talking about events, uh, as you all know, um, January 2nd is National Motivation and Inspiration Day. Um, In New York, it is actually, uh, January is actually uh, Motivation and Inspiration Month. And uh, I'm hoping to uh, continue to have that grow uh, across the country and have people acknowledge it. Um, I will be traveling to Africa and South Africa in January uh, and speaking with folks there. And uh, there is a movement to want to uh, embrace um, and create National Motivation and Inspiration Day in um, Africa and South Africa as well to help motivate and inspire their young folks. Uh, to uh, continue to move forward in, uh, in, the, in the hope and the prayers and the dreams of Nelson Mandela uh, and continue to um, move towards or work towards, um, you know, being uh, self-sufficient and, and certainly entrepreneurship and creating their own identity, their own businesses, things like that. So I'm looking forward to um, not only National Motivation and Inspiration Day on January 2nd, but also uh, being in Africa to speak to uh, young uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, millennials, um, as well as um, uh, business leaders and uh, political leaders. When we talk about January and we start to plan for January, obviously we, we're coming into our holiday season. So you start to come into Thanksgiving. Um, obviously, it says it right in the name, Thanksgiving, being thankful for what we have, and then coming into uh, the holidays and Christmas uh, before the end of the year. One of the things that I created several years ago is a uh, an app called the Simple Goals app. So if you go to the App Store and type in Simple Goals, uh, you'll find an app that you can download there that will enable you to create uh, three to five goals that you have, and and you can interact with it every day. So every day it will ask you if you've achieved your goals. So uh, what I'd like you to consider is going to the App Store downloading the app, 
interested in thinking about three to five goals in different aspects of your life. Most people think about January being a time to go to the gym, to set New Year's resolutions, to set annual goals. And that's brilliant. Having personal annual goals is a good thing. But there's no reason why you have to wait. You can do it now. So you can go to the App Store, download Simple Goals, and and create three to five goals for yourself between now and the new year. Get started. Get started on, number one, waking up every day and telling yourself something positive. So you can actually create that goal. Wake up every day and say something positive to myself. And you can literally check on it every day. Did you do it or did you not do it? And every single day, you can reinforce that idea of starting your day. Next might be eat healthy every day. That simple. Eat healthy every day. And you get to check on it. Did you eat healthy or did you not eat healthy? Right? Third, maybe pray every day. Make sure that I say my prayers every day. A spiritual goal making sure that you're spiritually aware and saying your prayers every day. Maybe the fourth or fifth is exercise every day. Do something. And for those of you that are young enough to walk and not have issues walking, then walking is a great thing. But you know what? If you're young enough and energetic enough and you can walk a few miles, then maybe start thinking about jogging and actually start moving a little faster, burning more calories and doing more exercise than just casually walking. And for those of you that go to the gym, the gym is intended for a half hour to an hour workout. Get in, get out. Get into the uh, aerobic machines, the elliptical machines, the treadmills, the climbers. Get in there. Start your workout. It isn't about walking from machine to machine, having conversations with people, chatting, socializing. That's not a workout. And being in an air-conditioned environment. Go there, put your workout in. Yeah, it's ugly. Yeah, it's not that very attractive. You end up sweating. That's the idea. Your body needs to sweat. Your body is a machine that was built to sweat. That's how you get rid of all the toxins and everything out of your system. So make sure you put in a good good workout. There's three or four goals right there that you can have every single day. Okay, so I so I encourage you to go and download the Simple Goals app and start your workout regimen. And finally, um, I have become aware, uh, and this is no surprise, of more and more uh, men that are, uh, that are raising children uh, on their own, so single dads with sons um, that have challenges. Um, but I'm also obviously aware of single moms that are raising young men and having challenges. And um, for, for those of you, and I've spoken to many women about this and done a, a lot of coaching, Look, it's impossible to play both roles. You cannot be the mother and the father. That's not actually possible. There's women that want to do it. They try to do it. You cannot do it. You do not know what it is to be a man. Therefore, you cannot tell or teach a young man how to be a man. So one of the reasons why I am creating this event, we're going to work on putting together an event uh, in Arizona um, for the spring uh, in April. We're going to be putting together an event for uh, single moms and dads that are raising sons. So it'll be a mother and son, a father and son outing in Arizona where we'll have golf, we'll have four-wheeling, we'll have seminars, we'll have uh, team building, we'll have all sorts of exercise and all sorts of events to 
talk about how to um, energize, how to motivate, how to inspire, how to communicate, how to make challenging relationships positive so that you can have a positive impact on your young men and hopefully they can have a positive impact in the world and in the world they live in and the world that they're trying to create. So that's a, that's an event that's coming up. We're going to be pushing that for hopefully uh, April, maybe May um, in Arizona, where we will do a father and son and a single mom and son event where uh, you can come and go through all sorts of programs, educational programs, as well as team building exercises uh, in order to uh, increase communication and help communication with our young men who I think are being overlooked in society right now. And, uh, and, and I think we need some help. So anyway, folks, um, just before six o'clock here, uh, in, um, in Arizona, uh, thank you so much just before nine o'clock, uh, on the East coast, uh, where my family and friends are. Thank you so much for uh, joining me tonight. And, uh, we're back every two weeks. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining me and, uh, and sharing in this hour. You know, it's a lot of time on a Sunday evening, but Sunday evenings are the perfect time to think about how do you want to address this week, this coming week? What are the things that you want to do in order to make this week more successful than last week? And it does begin every day with prayer, meditation, and you saying a positive thing to yourself every single morning. And that will help change your life and change your world. That simple task of saying something positive to yourself and being thankful to God for the things that you have, your health, your family, your kids, your spouse, those are the things that will make a difference in your life. Folks, thank you so very much for joining me again tonight. God bless and have a great couple of weeks. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. This show is sponsored by Nightingale Conant, Get Motivated Seminars, and... Karma Automotive, thank you.